Hey guys, this is Florian Fire, and I'm not entirely sure what happened, but my last two episodes kind of goofed on Anchor.com. Uh, I noticed that the segments I had recorded for them uh, disappeared, and so I'm going to go ahead and re-record those today for you guys. Um, it's going to be a mega episode. It's going to be both those last two episodes mashed into one, so it's probably going to be about an hour long. It's definitely longer than the huge, um, but that's just so you guys can keep that content around. Um you know, I recorded the episode so that you guys could have the information in them, and then they something happened. They the segments disappeared. So, um, but you know, don't forget to like, don't forget to share, tell your friends about it. Um, we've got a Patreon up, we've got a Facebook page, and we've got a Twitter account. Um, so if you guys just find me on Twitter, the handle is Florine F. That's a capital F. Uh, Facebook page is the same thing, it's the same username, and the Patreon is underneath my name, Florine Fire. Um, if you guys like what you hear, then go ahead, go to that Patreon, contribute to it. Uh, right now, we're shooting for a hundred dollars uh, in patron in in money from patrons. Uh, at a hundred dollars, what I'll do is I'll pull the community and we'll start a new podcast idea, a whole new podcast from an idea that's pulled from the community. So it's what you guys want to hear, and it's not something that I just make for you guys. Um, that way, I can give you guys as much content as possible. I'd really like to be running about four or five podcasts off of my just myself alone. Um, so with different topics and every podcast and everything like that. So go ahead, head out there, tell your friends, share it to everybody. I'm on Spotify. I'm on Google podcasts. I'm on Stitcher. I'm on overcast. I'm on pocket cast. Um, you know, I'm, I'm on radio public. Uh, there's anchor distributes to a lot of platforms. So if you know somebody with any of those platforms, you know, tell them to look my name up and say, Hey, you should check this guy out. He's really awesome. That being said, guys, we're going to go ahead and get this episode started, and we will catch you just after the intro. That intro, love it. I love to hear it every time it comes on. It's awesome. Uh, that intro, I actually made it myself in an awesome little app on my phone called BandLab, I think it was. It was totally free on the Play Store. You guys should look it up if you like that intro. Um, it's super, super easy to use. Um, use the looper packs for it and everything like that, just to give you guys a little bit of a little bit of flavor on the podcast and everything like that. But um, man. Uh, that intro is just awesome. Um, so we're going to be talking about the Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer. It dropped a couple days back. Uh, we're going to be doing a breakdown of the trailer and everything like that. We're going to be talking about some features they talk about in the trailer, some features they kind of hint at in the trailer. Uh, I know they don't go into specifics on some stuff, but they kind of talk about some stuff a little bit. They kind of like hint at it. Uh, and I definitely want to talk about some of that stuff because it's really exciting Um Really, really exciting news, especially because I'm a huge fan of the Red Dead Redemption series. I know a lot of people are. That first game was awesome. And if you haven't played the first game and you haven't somehow magically had it spoiled for you, go out there and you can get it for like four bucks from a GameStop, I think. They still even sell 360 games and it's backwards compatible on the one. So you can actually play it on your Xbox One. You don't have to hook up your 360 or anything like that. Uh, It's a fantastic game. And even for the time, it looks great. And Red Dead Redemption 2 is, from what I'm seeing in this trailer, shaping up to be awesome. Now, if you haven't seen the trailer, it's on Rockstar's official YouTube channel. So I would suggest you go out there, you find it, you you watch it. It's an amazing trailer. It's really, really just, oh man, it makes me so excited for this game. Um, the trailer opens up with Arthur Morgan, the main character from Red Dead Redemption 2, in jail. And he's getting mocked by a sheriff's deputy. Uh, The sheriff's deputy is telling him, oh, they're going to hang you for this. So we don't know what he's done. Um, And then there's an explosion and the back hole in the cell gets – the back wall in the cell gets blown out. And um, someone from what we can assume is Dutch's gang is breaking Arthur Morgan out of jail. Now, that's the opening of the trailer and it kind of just sets up the tone for the game – for the trailer and everything like that. they talk. They go on to talk about how Rockstar is trying to create a completely open, but still 
living world. It, they're going to try to mesh. They said they're shooting to mesh all the game elements uh, into one cohesive world. So everything from playing poker to hunting to goofy little side quests and main story missions with some serious gravitas to them are all going to be trying to mesh into this one world. And it's going to be interesting to see how they achieve that. They did kind of tell the multiple perspective story in Grand Theft Auto V. So this is going to, it looks like it's going to focus on one person and we're going back to the old style, like San Andreas, Grand Theft Auto III, Vice City, um, you know, all those. And we're going back to the old style um, of Rockstar storytelling we're not going to get that three-piece story like we did in GTA V, not from at least what I can see in the trailers. Um, and that's awesome because I personally feel like Rockstar does better with single-character stories than they do with multiple-character stories. Um, I feel like GTA V single-player was a little lacking in a lot of in a lot of elements, but mostly just the the overall tone of the story didn't feel like it, anything it didn't feel like anything was pertinent it didn't feel like anything was important it just all kind of felt like a goofy little romp through uh this fictional version of Los Angeles which was cool and everything but it's i definitely appreciated Red Dead Redemption 1's more serious and darker toned story um you know it's right there in the title redemption the the story of redemption of John Marston and everything like that i it i mean it's arguably one of the best stories that has been told in a game for that last generation. Um, now they go, they talk about trying to capture this feeling of, you know, being an outlaw on the run from the frontier being settled by people. Um, it's the game takes place right at the end of the outlaw era of the wild West. So the West isn't going to be wild anymore. It's going to be settled. It's going to be becoming what we know it as. It's going to be getting industrialized. It's, you know, little farming towns are going to start turning into serious settlements and stuff like that. And they talk about being on the run from this and it's going to be interesting to, see how that plays out in the game if it's going to be like a real-time thing or if it's going to just be set like these towns are are being settled you know currently or whatever and the rest of the map just never changes um what i would like to see is they talk about everything from small farming towns to big industrialized cities with with big flashing lights and everything like that and, and cars and stuff are going to be are going to be around and they're all all these towns and stuff are going to be filled with these rich, deep, like real feeling characters, which is going to be awesome. But what I'd like to see is maybe you start the game off in one section of the map and it's as the game progresses, maybe as you progress through story missions as the you know, it, those are kind of used to mark the passage of time, then you start having to move farther and farther into the frontier to escape that because as as the story missions go on towns start getting settled near you and stuff like that and you have to be on the run from the law obviously because you're an outlaw so that would be awesome because the base camp is going to be a major central like part of the game it's going to be it's going to act like a hub and you're going to get quests from NPCs there for hunting. Uh, there's going to be potentially like some, some menial chore tasks and stuff like that. Cause they talk about building trust with your, with your campmates and stuff like that and how you're going to get to know all the campmates. So you're potentially going to have to be doing like tasks around the camp for, you know, go out there and hunt a deer for me and, you know, and stuff like that. And it might be even be something like, you know, mash X a bunch of times to clean these clothes at the washboard or something like that. Um, cause they do talk about like chores and stuff like that. Now, I don't know if that, that might just be NPC stuff, but, um, with all this talk of creating a real feeling world, you might have to wash some clothes uh, to earn some trust with people. Um, now the base, like I said, is going to be a hub. So you're going to have, NPCs there to talk to. There's going to be poker to play. There's going to be campfire stories that you can sit around and talk, talk, uh, listen to NPCs talk and stuff like that. And, and all this is going to be going on at this base world. And even while you're in the base, it's considered part of the main world. So you're not going to be out there, you know, doing stuff. And the base isn't going to be changing. And then when you're at the base, the world is still going to be changing according to what the narrator was saying. The world is going to keep on keeping on and keep moving while you're at the base. So you might go somewhere and then 
you might go to a town and do something and then leave and go to your base camp and hang out there for a minute and then go back to the town and stuff might be different in the town. They might have decided to, you know, there there might be more people in the town because it's gotten more popular or something like that. Um, so, you know, with the base being a big part of it, I really hope they allow us kind of like the Grand Theft Auto Five. Uh, a online apartment customization. It'd be really cool to maybe add components to your base and have like kind of like a base building component, but not like an arc or anything like that. Closer to like a like you know you go to a person that's and you tell them, hey, we need to get X thing at the base, and they go, well, here's the cost for that thing and then you can go out and you maybe pay the money and you need certain number of animal pelts from certain types of animals and you need to go collect you know the x amount of things and then you can go back to that character and say okay here's the stuff and then they build like you know more housing or maybe they build a better camp stove or something like that for you guys to cook on and so I'd really like to see like a base building element. I think they could pull it off. Rockstar is, I mean, right now Rockstar is about the only developer that has, I mean, don't get me wrong. The, the GTA five shark cards and stuff like that left a sour taste in my mouth, but GTA online, uh, for a lot of people is the be all end all game. There's, there's people that are playing it like religiously. Um, so we all know Rockstar right now is, is on fire and there's, probably they probably got handed a blank check for red dead redemption 2 um by their publisher and we're basically like make this game make it awesome and rockstar was like well it's what we do so you know i think they could definitely handle a base building element um i think that it's well within their wheelhouse with everything they're already trying to accomplish accomplish in this game i don't know if they will but it's Definitely, I think in their wheelhouse with the upgradable apartments and stuff from GTA GTA Online, I think it's entirely possible they could put a base building element in there. Um, now, outside of the base, the world keeps moving, and you have the ability to influence the world from what the narrator was saying through your actions because she goes on the, – the narrator is a female, and she goes on to say how all of your actions have consequences. Now – she goes on to talk about how you have to decide how honorable you want your character, your Arthur Morgan to be. So from the sounds of it, this may just be my speculation, but from what I'm understanding from that statement is there's going to be a kind of infamy or a kind of karma system where you do good deeds and people know. And if you do bad deeds and, and people know, and of course, because it's red dead redemption, we know that there's probably going to be the bounty system come back from red dead redemption one, where if you commit a crime and no one's around to see it, nobody knows. Um, I know it, that was a big gripe for a lot of people from GTA five is that no matter where you were on the map, anytime you committed a crime, um, you know, police magically knew about it. Even if you were out in the middle of the woods and there was no possible way anybody could know, the police knew about it. So hopefully they bring back that bounty system from the original Red Dead Redemption where, you know, the the, the lawman didn't just know you were doing bad things. They had to be told they were doing bad things. And so I'm thinking that there's going to be in-game, in-world events like someone getting kidnapped or maybe someone getting beaten or something like that. And you can either choose to ignore them, which will gain you negative karma, or you can choose to save them, which will give you positive karma. Um, she does talk about there being the ability to talk your way into and away from trouble, which awesome. Um, that just makes me so excited because, you know, the ability to actually – and she actually states that you can talk your way out of trouble with like the town sheriff. Um, so even if you have bad karma, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're immediately screwed every time you walk into a town. You can convince the sheriff that you're fine and you're not going to do anything and the sheriff might just leave you alone because it's beyond his pay to worry about what the hell Arthur Morgan is doing in town. Um now, I, like I said, that might be pure speculation on my part. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Uh, it definitely just – I really, really want that to be a part of the game. I was a big fan of the karma system in Fallout, New Vegas, and 
I, I really hope something like that makes a comeback where, you know, when you're a bad guy, people reacted to you in New Vegas. When you, especially when you got to the extreme ends of the spectrum, some traders and stuff wouldn't even talk to you. So it would be awesome if they implemented a kind of a system kind of like that in the new Red Dead Redemption game. Uh, I'd be just stoked for that. Um, and of course, you know, you should be able to. You, you should be able to to swing the other way if you want to and be an honorable outlaw if there is such a thing and you know you should be able to to save people that are in danger and you know maybe they go on and maybe that gets you some cool discounts at a shop or something because the dude you helped is the shopkeeper's brother or something like that you know so that would be just just something that I think they they are going to do from the sounds of it. It definitely sounds like they're going to do something like that. And I think it would be really awesome to, to have that in the game. Um, there's also going to be just general interactions with NPCs that probably don't affect your, you know, this, this supposed karma level one way or the other. Um, you can just kind of talk to people and you don't necessarily have to be instigating a fight or getting away from some kind of trouble. You can literally just talk to people and say, that's oh, a nice shirt you got on or something like that. So it's definitely looking like they are, are really pushing that living, breathing world aspect that they keep talking about whenever you hear like dev diaries and stuff come up. So really, really, really excited for, to see just how far that NPC interaction goes. Um, they, you know, obviously it's a trailer and it's a marketing thing. So they have to play up how deep and how deep and rich this interaction is. And it might just be that you can call it to random NPCs. Sometimes uh, it might be that you can hold full, almost full conversations with them, which would be awesome. But you know, who knows, but that's just kind of what they were talking about with that deep living world is the ability to actually interact with NPCs that aren't related to uh, some kind of quest, some kind of story. You can literally just – any NPC apparently, you can just walk up and say hi or how you doing or s stuff like that. Um, you know, there's – they talked about um, the new karma system – or karma. Woo! New combat system. Um that is supposed to keep you grounded in the game. Uh, it's uh, got, they've revamped the controls and the way it feels. They've changed around uh, the reloading um, and the recoil for weapons so that they feel more real, uh, which is awesome. Uh, I'm a big guns person, so the better feeling guns are, the better I feel about shooting them. Um, you know, if a gun feels awesome to use in the game, I'm going to use it to shoot people a lot more often. So that's something they didn't really touch on in the trailer. They just kind of mention it and then move on. But, you know, it'd be interesting to see if maybe they've got realistic reloads that are dependent on weapon type. You know, some weapons, there there some weapons back in those days, you know, like they, she shows the double barrel shotgun and he pulls both shell, shells out of the shotgun and then reloads both and then you know, it's a break, it's a breakaway shotgun. So it, it clicks back, um, right there at the handle at the hammer. And so I'm wondering if each gun will have its own animations or if like all the revolvers will be the same, or if I'm wondering if, if maybe, you know, some revolvers open to the left, some open to the right. If maybe, you know, depending on the caliber of weapon you're using, you're, you might reload, just a little differently, you know, not necessarily slower or faster, but just differently. Um, I mean, it'd be cool, but I don't see them going that far. Uh, that's a really, really minute detail for a game to have, but they were talking about the new reload system and the new reload animations. So who knows? Um, right out of the gate, they go from that to, like I said, they didn't really touch on that. They kind of jumped from that to the horse, uh, now, if you've been following Red Dead Redemption 2, you know that the horse is going to be a very important part of your game. Take care of your horses, folks. Seabiscuit loves you. You should love Seabiscuit. Um, they're going to be used as storage for extra weapons, so you won't be able to pull you know, just a, a million weapons out of your back pocket. This is not Jim Carrey in the mask. You can't just pull stuff out of your magic pockets that have Hermione Granger magic on them. Um, you know, it's, it's extra weapons. Uh, you're going to be able to store animal carcasses on there. You're probably able to store like kidnapping victims or something like that. Uh, it's Red Dead Redemption. So who knows? It could be completely off the rails. 
Um, now the horse has permadeath implemented on it from what I am understanding. Um, so if your horse dies, it's gone forever. You have to go find a new horse. Potentially you might have to buy one or you could just go out, uh, and break a stallion basically and make, make yourself a new horse, but you'll have to, you know, you'll have to break it in and make sure that it's going to listen to you and everything like that. But take care of your horses, folks. As you take, if you take care of your horses and you treat your horses well, and you give them, you know, you give them treats and apples and you give them baths and you treat them like you would a, just a normal pet. Like they're not a virtual creature. Uh, it actually makes the horse trust you more and makes it easier to control under situations that normally a horse would probably freak out at, like, you know, getting shot at to be fair. I freak out if I'm getting shot at, so I don't blame the horse for that. Um, but apparently, it, it, getting shot at, maybe getting attacked by, if it's getting attacked by wolves or something, your horse won't freak out so bad and like buck you off to run away because it sees wolves, because it trusts you being on its back. It knows that you're going to protect it and stuff like that. Um, it also probably just makes the horse generally easier to control. Maybe it gives you longer sprint times and tighter movement and stuff like that because the horse uh, – as you build trust with the horse, of course, it's going to start to learn you and your habits as a rider. So it's going to – you know, when you – it's going to make it a little easier to control and move around and stuff like that. So that's going to be awesome. But the trailer ends with them talking about going on in the next trailer, what they're going to be talking about. And they're going to be talking about uh, the Deadeye system. They're going to be talking about uh, some activities that are in-game. You see some fishing, uh, which, you know, so fishing in Red Dead Redemption confirmed if you are a fishing fan. There you go. Um, but they're going to be talking about that stuff in the next trailer. And I think it's important to note that this trailer is actually 100% in-engine either gameplay or in-engine scenes. There's no vertical slicing going on where it's a pre-rendered scene designed for marketing. It's it's all 100% gameplay. It's all things that take place in the game. Um, and so, you know, this this is probably pretty close to what we're going to get as far as like visuals, uh, and stuff like that. And let me just say, the game looks amazing. That's not a knock on the on the visuals at all. The game looks incredible. Uh, and especially if they create this massive open world that's just, just huge, that's meant to be explored on horseback and on foot and stuff like that. They talk about there being biomes. There's going to be a lot. to be deserts and mountains and deep forests and probably some snowy regions. If you're up in the mountains, chances are you're going to run into some snowy regions. So... It would be awesome if we got the kind of visuals we're seeing in this trailer, even maybe a little better because the game that, you know, that obviously the game's not 100% done yet. It's not 100%, you know, spit, spit shine polished up for release. So maybe it's going to get even a little better than this. But the, in the trailer they show, the game looks just absolutely incredible, folks. Cannot stress it enough. Red Dead Redemption 2, if you haven't seen this trailer, Really, go out there and watch it. I don't know what you're doing right now. You need to watch that trailer. If you have seen that trailer, watch it again. It's that good. I've seen it like three times. It's amazing. I love it. Um, I love the little bits of dialogue from, that you hear from Arthur Morgan and from other people and stuff like that. It's just, oh man, it makes me so excited to play this game. I loved Red Dead Redemption 2 and I was late to the party. Uh, or not Red Dead. I love Red Dead Redemption, and I was late to the party on that one. I didn't play that one until like four or five years after it's being released. Uh, pretty recently, like I played Red Dead Redemption, and then got my one, like not my first Xbox One, like not that long uh, after that. It was I'm just that late to the party, and after I played, you know, I I knew what was ha what was going to happen at the end of the story at this point because I'd read spoilers, and I was like, I'm never going to play this game. And then I found it somewhere for like two bucks, and I was like. You know, why not? And I knew what was going to happen, but man, when it happened, I just, oh God, I was so heartbroken. It is such a good game, such a great game, really good character development. And if they can bring that magic into Red Dead Redemption 2, then by God, shut up and take my money. It's going to be awesome, guys. Um, that that brings it to the end. I'm going to, I need to stop talking about Red Dead Redemption 2 or I'm never going to finish this podcast. Um the the next thing on the agenda is 
No Man's Sky 1.55. Now, if you're not familiar with No Man's Sky, No Man's Sky, I actually reviewed it in the official episode number one, which is actually our third episode uh, for the podcast. And um, if you guys haven't played it yet, or maybe you're not familiar with it, and you've somehow avoided all the hype around it, No Man's Sky is a game that was developed by um, a, a, a studio called Hello Games. And it was actually released like two years ago, I think was about the time it was released, give or take. Now, No Man's Sky is a game focused on exploration, base building, uh, and stuff like that through space, mind you. Um, The planets and and everything on the planets is procedurally generated in every galaxy. So every game is different, provided you don't join someone else's game. If you... fire up your own game, it actually generates an entire galaxy around you. Um, And so, man, this game, when I first started playing it in my review, I gave it a little bit too much credit, I think, because the day after that, I released an update to that review because as you get farther in the game, it just, it's like the game throws a temper tantrum that you're winning i mean it it feels that way you just it gets impossible to do things black holes were broken at forty thousand light years from the galactic center for me um both myself and my one of my companions had no like the quest lines were bugged and we had no way to fix them uh except for the one where you had to build around foundation and around room that it never told you you had to build or even had the didn't even know the blueprint existed for this thing, and yet you're supposed to build one so that you can hire an overseer or something. And this whole thing was just – I started having texture glitches. I started having uh, UI uh, glitches and weird things happen in the in the interface and stuff like that. And it just – I was like, what happened to you? Like at a certain point, it feels like they just ignored the game. Like they like they got up to like halfway through that main first quest line for the first traveler, Ghost in the Machine or whatever it's called, and they just threw their hands up and were like, "Well, it's done." Because I mean, at a certain point, everything just breaks. Um, the game continues running somehow, but you'll have texture issues. You'll have issues where you'll put stuff. You'll you'll like refuel your launch thrusters and it won't refuel sometimes it was just it's so it was so bad and everything like that but 1.55 is the patch that is supposed to fix all of this and when i say all of this i mean all of this if you want to check out the patch notes they're over on the no man's sky website it's no man's sky patch 1.55 it's on console and my lord, when I tell you they fixed everything, I mean they fixed everything. There were issues in those patch notes that I hadn't even experienced yet. And I was like, oh my god, there's more beyond – I thought I had hit everything. And there's more here? Like what are you doing, Hello Games? You've built this phenomenal exploration game that's good for only that. You've got the ingredients to make something more awesome, but you – it's like you don't know how to put them together. It's like you don't understand that people can't play your game if they can't finish quest lines. And the way I put it to my friend was, you know, I'm I'm, I'm stuck at this quest line about halfway through it. Now, at this point, I, I had spent 40, 50 hours in a save just doing random stuff, flying around, exploring, stuff like that, looking for S-class ships and everything. And, I mean, at this point, I was invested in my save file. And I, just, I told my friend, I was like, it's like I was reading a book that I have the only copy of in the world. And someone came and ripped the back half of that book off and then burned it. Like, that's the way I feel right now. I feel completely betrayed by this game because it was so awesome up until, bang, everything breaks. No more, No more for you. And you're just like, what happened? Did I do something wrong? Did I, did I do something I wasn't supposed to do? You know, I, I haven't done anything. I don't think that I, that what I wasn't supposed to do. So why isn't my game working? But it's just, it was really bad. I haven't run into any of these glitches since the patch went live. I also haven't been playing much since the patch went live because I've been playing some other stuff to review for you guys. Um, you know, I, I, I like to play a diverse catalog of games, and even though I was hooked on No Man's Sky for a while after they everything broke, it it hurt me so bad to go back and play it because I just at this point I'm like 
expecting there to be something else wrong. I just, I feel it. I'm like, no, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop on this. Something else is going to be broken. I know it. I know these types of games. They fix one thing and they break two more. I know how it goes. Um, so, but I mean, the game is supposed to be fixed. If you haven't played it yet, um, my, like I said, my review, I'm not going to repeat the review, but the review I gave it, um, back on uh, episode three, the official number one, it, it basically, it's not worth 50 bucks. Wait till it goes on sale. If you can find it for cheaper than 50 bucks, like a 30 bucks, great. I think it's a great $30 game. I think it's a, at this point, a shite $50 game. So I would not recommend paying $50 for this game. Um, it's just, it's just not that good. Um, I've also been playing, I mentioned that I was playing some other games for you guys for some reviews and I was playing a game called Armored Warfare, and if you're familiar with the World of Tanks style of game, you're familiar with Armored Warfare. Um, to call it a carbon copy is doing both of them kind of an injustice because they both do things a little differently, but it's pretty similar. I mean, you, if you saw if they were people and you saw them on the street, even though they're completely different people, you'd think they were like twins. Um, Armored Warfare, very World of Tanks-esque, so you've got your tiered, uh, progression system. You've, you start off in Tier 1, and you earn XP in the Tier 1 vehicles, and then you go on to get a Tier 2 vehicle. And you earn XP in the Tier 2 vehicle, and you have to, you have to do that to get a Tier 3 vehicle. You can't just stay in the Tier 1 vehicle. Um, and it works pretty similarly to World of Tanks in that regard. Um... The thing Armored Warfare does a little differently than World of Tanks is that it's modern tanks and armored vehicles. Um, so World of Tanks is World War II and uh, I believe World War One, even to an extent. I think I saw like the Mark V in there, like the old Land Creeper style, big diamond-shaped treads and everything. I think I saw it in there. I might be wrong. It's been a while since I've played World of Tanks. But... Um, Armored Warfare is the modern version of World of Tanks. So you've got the M1 Abrams in there. You've got the T90 in there. Um, you've got uh, some experimental tanks in there that they talk about being greenlit, like in the last two or three years, for you know test productions and stuff like that. Like I think it's called like the XM1A3 or something like that. And if I'm not mistaken, that was actually a Polish tank that was supposed to be like an electric engine that was like a stealth tank. When I kind of giggled when I saw that name, I was like, a stealth tank? Didn't know you could make a tank stealth. I thought the whole point was that they weren't. But it's it's very modern style. You've got Sabo rounds, you've got uh, heat rounds, you've got stuff like that. Um, you've got instead of like world where world of tanks has like the light vehicle like the light tanks light tanks like super light tanks uh armored warfare has lavs which it, you know if you're not familiar with an lav it's uh, a light armored vehicle so think of bradley fighting vehicles think of uh bearcats uh, almost to an extent would be i guess that would be considered an ifv um but those are l l light armor vehicles um so think of those. Those are replace your super light tanks from World of Tanks. And then everything beyond that is like a tank, like a main battle tank, or uh, you have artillery, you have tank hunters, you have uh, – there's some other they, – they have self-propelled guns, which I'm not entirely sure what that is. Um, I'm not familiar with a lot of the more modern military stuff uh, as far as vehicles goes, weapons. I'm – familiar with but not vehicles so but armored warfare is it's a freemium game so you've got your your premium status it's like general's quarter status or what have you and it allows you to get more money and more xp per match allowing you to tear up faster and get those vehicles that you know everybody wants like the m1 abrams faster and you know quicker than other people might because you get that. I think it's like a 50% boost to your XP and your earnings. Um, they do push that that premium status at the end of every match you have it. It's like, here's what you could have earned with the premium status. Are you sure you don't want premium status? And it's eventually it, it gets 
to the point where you just stop noticing it. But for the first couple games, it's definitely noticeable. And it feels like they're really pushed, like, like CD car salesmen pushing it on you. Um, it's free to download, though, so if you're looking for a game to play that's free and you're a fan of World of Tanks but you wanted it to be a little more modern, then Armored Warfare is a good game for you. Um, they really push that premium tier content, too. Whenever you go into your uh, your garage, it, it'll they make sure to highlight the tanks with big glowing borders that are premium tier that you can only get if you have the premium status. And um, so, you know, they really do push that premium model, but... You know, if if it's something that you're into and you really want to play, then go ahead and play. Um, it's got solid controls if they're not a little convoluted, but for the most part, it plays just like World of Tanks. So it's no more or less complicated than World of Tanks. But the one thing this game, I will give this game more so than World of Tanks, is that... When I was playing this game, I didn't have the same issues I had in World of Tanks, which was that when World of Tanks, you got to a certain point and you'd start running into people that were like ridiculously high tier above you. Like you'd be a tier four or five in World of Tanks and you'd run into like, you'd start running into like tier like sevens, eights, and you're just like, oh my God, like I can't beat these people with my current setup. And then of course you lose the game and then they tell you, well, if you had premium status, you would have earned, you know, more XP for even this loss. And it's really, and you would have had access to the premium tanks and stuff. And you should think about switching your tank around and maybe you'd be a little more effective and lead to victory and stuff. Now granted, this was a while back. So it's been a minute since I played World of Tanks. So this might've changed, but uh, from what I can, what I've experienced in Armored Warfare, it does a lot better job of keeping you in your in your ballpark. So when you're playing Armored Warfare and you're a tier four, you're going to run into tier fours. You're going to run into tier fives. You're I, I didn't run into any like tier sevens as like, when I was a tier four, like which was nice because it kept me a lot more engaged in the game because I didn't feel like I was being pressured to buy premium status. Another big offender for this. Um, is Crossout. If you haven't played Crossout, it's another free-to-play game. Uh, it's made by the same studio that made War Thunder, uh, Gaijin Studios. And in Crossout, you build your own cars, complete with weapons and everything. You design your own car and build it from the ground up with weapons and frames and tires, and you can change all these aspects of it. And it's awesome. It's a fun game. Don't get me wrong. I love it. It's like Twisted Metal combined with like a pimp my ride almost. It's really awesome. Um, I love Crossout, but the problem I'm having in Crossout is that they want me to spend money to get these super high tier weapons because they keep matching me against people with these super high tier weapons. And I'm like, I don't want to have to drop $100 on your game on virtual currency or what have you so that I can gamble in your player controlled market and your 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 actual free open market and gamble to get you know a, a super high tier legendary weapon just so that I can stay competitive. Like I don't want to have to do that. So Crossout very much knocks you down into those lower tiers, and I think a big part of that is the community for Crossout isn't as big as it was when Crossout first came out. But man, I just, I wish more people would play Crossout, but I. I can't in good conscience recommend it to people because I feel like, like I recommended it to a few people and they're like, dude, this sucks. They keep wanting me to buy stuff and I keep getting slaughtered by people that are way higher than me. And I'm just like, uh, like, I'm like, it wasn't always this bad. Like it wasn't always this way. It used to be that you would join in games and you would be awesome. And you, it would be awesome because you'd line up with people that were similar to you in build quality and build strength and stuff. And it's just not that anymore. And I think it's a lot of that is because the community has basically vanished from that game because it's a free to play at the end of the day. And you have to be dedicated to playing it to the grind to make it anywhere and stay competitive. Now I don't mind grinding, at all like i love me a good grind but man does does cross out really just drag you into those lower ranks when they're just like you build past a certain point and they're like you're like a six thousand part score and then suddenly they just drop in like twelve thousands with like double mammoth cannons and you're like oh god that's a literal tank I have the Scooby-Doo mystery machine with a machine gun on the top of it, you know, and a couple of grenade launchers. And I'm fighting like a literal scorpion tank from Halo that some guy built. Like, 
this isn't fair. <laughs> In what world did you think this was okay? And, you know, I get that they, they try to keep you in that tier, and when they can't, they up they, they upscale you to get you to play more, which is awesome. But you guys have got to, you know, Gaijin, you guys have got to do a better job of managing that matchmaking system to where it's not matching you four or 5,000 part score above your current build. Like, even my best build was like 7,500 or 8,000, and I was getting matched with like 12 and 14,000, which at that point is just insanity. Like, the the amount of time and effort and money that goes into min-maxing those massive builds at 12 and 14,000 is insane. There is no competing against them unless you have also have something of that quality. Um, so, anywho, Armored Warfare got off topic. Armored Warfare, solid game. Uh, if you like World of Tanks, but you wanted it to be a little more modern, Armored Warfare is your game. It's awesome. Uh, it does push that premium, so you do have to either either ignore it or just cave and buy it. Or if you're like me, just I stopped playing it because I was like, I'm tired of getting pressured to buy premium stuff from a free-to-play game. Um, the only thing I will knock this game for is it does not look pretty. Uh, I think, in my opinion, World of Tanks looks a little better. Um, but I also think part of that is because World of Tanks has been around a little longer and they've had time to refine some of their stuff because they, when they built World of Tanks, they refined the controls to a point and then they refined like graphics and stuff like that and started upgrading how it looked and texture models and stuff like that. So this game looks like it came out of a late era Xbox 360 lineup. Uh, it does not look pretty but it doesn't look bad either it doesn't look which like what you've come to expect out of an xbox one or if you're like me an xbox one x definitely doesn't i mean i'm running it on an x and even then i'm like eh, i'm getting like you know late 360 era vibes off of this it doesn't really look super pretty but it doesn't really look super bad either and I think uh, they would really benefit from just a color palette change everything in that game is browns grays greens blacks whites there's i'm like you know i know it doesn't it makes me a lot more noticeable but you know maybe i want to drive around in a hot pink tank who knows you know don't you you don't get to tell me what color my tank gets to be if i want to make it bright pink then let me do that and who cares if it makes me a bigger target um so there was there was Armored Warfare, and then the other game I've been playing is Onrush. Now it was part of the Xbox Three or the Xbox Three Sixty, the Xbox Live's uh, free play days, and Onrush is an arcade racing game. It is kind of Rocket League feeling. Um, it feels closer to if you guys remember uh, way back when the PS3 first launched. It launched with a game called MotorStorm. Definitely feels a lot like MotorStorm. It's like MotorStorm and Burnout got together and had a one-night stand, and this is their kid. Uh, it's awesome, awesome fun, frantic, fast-paced games. The matches are super quick. Um, I love that about it because you can jump in and play like three or four races, like, I mean, just instantly. Uh, they're super quick, about 30 minutes for about two to three matches, depending on how long they go for. Um, I've yet to see a match go beyond like 10 minutes. So that might just be because the team I was on was awesome. But uh, I played it for like, I, I must have got in full. I don't even know how many games yesterday because I played it for like two hours, um, two or three hours yesterday. And, you know, I started to notice a lot of the repeating things. And I was like, well, I guess that's all there is to this. It's not a deep game. It, surprisingly, the arcade racing game, it's not super deep on mechanics. It's not super deep on story or anything like that. In fact, they, they go as far as to tell you, there is no story here. There is no point to any of this. The whole point of this game is to just smash other cars. I'm okay with that. It's very, very much like the old school burnouts. Um, the whole point of the game is not to finish a race, but each race you do quote unquote race has an objective like capture the zone burn your boost and your on and your rush and i'll get to that in a minute um there's another game mode for literally taking down your opponents you have to take down a certain number of opponents before the uh, opposing team it's it's a team-based racing game you're both on the same track and you're both and it, it's 
I, I hesitate to call it a racing game because there's no racing involved. I mean, I guess it's a race to see who can get this many points or who can capture the zone the fastest, but there's no finish line. You just drive in a big loop until you finish that game mode. Um, but it feels good. The cars all handle really, really well, especially the motorcycles. They handle phenomenally well. Um, motorcycles are something I find a lot of racing games always jack up really badly um the motorcycles in this feel super super good uh and even like the bigger rally trucks and stuff feel really good like there's one of them that i think is called enforcer and it's this monster of a of like an off-road rally buggy that's like it's not even really a buggy it's like an off-road rally truck and it is it feels heavy like when it hits you in an enemy, it you feel it, it just like chunk and just it's awesome. Um, taking down the opponents is super satisfying. Um, the whole point of this game, in every game mode, whether you're playing, uh, whether you get points for it or not, the whole point of the game is to you burn your what they call your boost. And you earn boost by doing things like getting big air, taking down little NPC racers that are, they call them fodder. Uh, you get boost by doing that kind of stuff. And each car has a thing where you get extra boost for a task. So like the motorcycle, one of the motorcycles has a thing where when you go off a ramp or if you catch some air and you perform a trick and land it, you'll get extra boost for doing that trick. Um, there's a car that gets extra boost just by driving near enemies. And there's another one that gets boost by just driving near teammates. So it's very, very much um, getting boost and then you burn your boost off. And then the more boost you burn, the more your rush meter fills up. And when your rush meter fills up, you can activate your what they call your rush. And that gives you a temporary speed boost uh, in addition to playing some wicked like punk music. It also gives you like a force field around your car that has some kind of special ability related to your car and lets you take down opponents easier. So if you're, you know, behind the pack or whatever and you've got a rush, you can activate that rush and you can actually take down all of the opponents in front of you and take, you know, and it earn points that way and earn more boosts that way. And that's, I mean, that's the point of the game. Like I said, it's not deep. It's not super complicated. Anybody can pick it up and play it as long as you're familiar with how a controller works. It's one of the most fun little arcade games I've ever played. It's not super, super, super complicated, but there is some tricks to it. Um, taking down opponents is a little tricky. Uh, and it's just, it's really focused on team play. Uh, I know it doesn't seem like it would be, but it is. It is focused on team play and running with your team and helping your teammates out and stuff like that. Um, you've got multiple game modes in the quick play feature. Uh, there is some kind of a story mode. They are planning on adding ranked play, um, but I, I can't stress it enough, guys. It's honestly, it's it's a really good game. It's just not a really complicated game. If you want something you can pick up and play and put down and just you know move on and on and on and just go through that cycle. If you're, you know, you got 10 minutes before you've got to go somewhere, you could fire up on rush and play a race real quick and you'll be all right. But, um, you know, it's, it's just really, really good game. Uh, can't really recommend this game enough. Um, you know, that brings us to the end of the episode. And, you know, I just want to tell you guys, thanks for listening. Um, don't forget to hit up Patreon. Uh, the my my creator name Florian Fire. That's um, you know when you donate to either this podcast because of this podcast or because of me. Um, I really want you guys to when you donate to think of you're not donating to the podcast per se. You're donating to me personally as a creator, um, and that money will go towards creating new podcasts. It goes towards better recording equipment. It goes towards creating um, a mini studio for myself, stuff like that, just so that I can keep bringing you guys content and it just gets better and better quality. So even if you guys know somebody that would like me to do that, likes me personally as a creator and wants me to maybe do a podcast on something else, tell them to hit up that Patreon because you know I poll the community to see what they want. Um, you know, I want to give you guys the content you want to hear. Uh, so, you know, don't ever hesitate to send me a message on Patreon, hit up that Facebook page, send me, send me, you know, don't forget to tweet me, stuff like that. Um, you know, 
my Twitter handle is Florine and then capital F. So, you know, just get out there, guys. Share me. Get back. You know, tell them to hit me up on Twitter. Tell them to hit me up on Facebook. Stuff like that. If you guys like what you hear, donate to Patreon. I'm on all these platforms. Stitcher, po- uh, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Spotify, Google Podcast. That's a big one. Spotify. When I heard that Anchor distributes to Spotify, I kind of geeked a little bit because I was like, man – they can get to Spotify. Like I heard Spotify was like super hard to get into. Like they were super exclusive about who they allowed in, but anchors like, nah, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll distribute to Spotify for you. So I'm like, Oh, awesome. So, you know, I'm, I'm everywhere guys. Share me around. I want to be out there. Um, you know, I do this for fun. This isn't my job. It's not my full-time career. If I could do it full-time, that'd be awesome, but it's not my full-time career. I do it because I love it and because I want you guys to hear the news and hear the things I have to say about the, the games and the, and there's stuff like that. And, you know, it, I want you guys to want what I'm creating. So if, if there's something I can create for you guys, if you guys have an idea for a show segment or something like that, hit me up on Patreon, hit me up on Facebook or something like that. Patreon. We've got three tiers. We've got, you can donate as little as $1 to the Patreon and that gets you a thank, a personal thank you message. And you know, you just, you've contributed and seriously, even $1 to me is awesome because someone that someone is willing to donate to me as a creator is an, that would be an incredible feeling. Um, because it means that I've really done something that you guys love and, you know, we've got multiple tiers out there. Um, you know, I, I make the intros and outros for this show. So if you guys like what you hear, you know, send me uh, a message and I've got no problem giving you guys the music to use as like a ringtone or something like that. You know, I don't care. Um, but just share it, tell your friends, share it around, get it out there. This has been Florian Fire. This has been Want to Play Some Games. This Sunday is still going to be an episode that's coming up. So if you guys uh, don't hear from me again, I'll catch you guys on Sunday. I'm going to try and get another episode out tomorrow. So I will catch you guys later. You guys keep it real and have a good